Welcome to the Sports Finder Athlete in the Arena. We interview top athletes from all around the world, gaining real insight into their careers and what it truly takes to become a professional athlete and compete at the highest level. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Savides and welcome to the Sports Finder Athlete in the Arena series. I make host to and interview athletes from all around the world from various disciplines where we gain real insights into the careers and what it truly takes to become a professional athlete and more so compete at the highest level. So today my guest is Mitchell Pika. Thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, cool. So, Michel Piquet, a now retired Dutch footballer who actually won the Dutch Evidency League with Ajax Amsterdam in, I think, 2001-2002 season or 2000-2001 season. And he yeah. also won the Dutch Cup with the KNVB Becker uh, Trophy. So, a very well-established and successful player in his own right. And he also played for teams like Excelsior, ADO, Den Haag, and Villamy. So I'm so glad to have you on here. Um, it's, a, it's a real privilege for me, and thank you again for your time. So no I know before we get into it, you are currently um, in the, the industry or, or the, the profession of sports management and scouting, amongst other yeah. things. And you were also an academy coach for ADO, Den Haag, and um, KV Michelin. So we will get into that. And I think it's very fascinating that you've decided to take this career path that you have. So, yeah. Michelle, the first question that I typically like to ask my guests is, having competed at the highest level and you playing a career as a left back, right, or a left winger, as they would term it these days, who is the player that you looked up to who inspired you from a young age that you maybe based your game upon? Uh, well, there were a lot of players. When I was young, my mother was always uh, uh, a football supporter as well. She always watched match of, match of the day in England. So, um, yeah, she taught me about uh, Pele and Maradona. And she let me watch old videotapes, uh, VCR videotapes of, of them playing. So, yeah, it was a little bit in the family. My father was a, a football player in uh, Suriname, where I'm, where I'm from. Uh, so basically, it, it was whenever when I was born, he already put a ball in my in, in my in my crib. So yeah, I had Roberto Carlos to answer your questions. I had a couple of players, uh, Maradona, Pele. There were a lot of players that I looked up to, uh, especially the time when when Barcelona was playing and I got a little bit older. Yeah, I had a lot of players that I looked up to. Yeah, and I can see you wearing the Barcelona shirt this evening. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think Otherwise, Roberto Carlos. Yeah, and I think Roberto Carlos for me was just out of this world. I mean, a uh, brilliant player. So I love that you said that. So the the career that you had followed. Um, can you just take us through, like, when you signed your first professional contract? How old were you? Which team did you sign for? And how was that whole experience? Obviously, your your dream materializing in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it went very fast. I was I was actually uh, very late when I played uh, at a professional club. Some guys uh, started at eight year olds at professional clubs, and I was like sixteen when I when I uh, when I asked me to join them at that time. Uh, and yeah, I was playing in the national team of Holland at sixteen as the only amateur. 
of that team. And then Ajax came very fast and they invited me over, went over there, played two years in the youth of Ajax and they already offered me a contract. So it went very fast for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and the, the the first team that you signed for, um, what, uh, what team was that? And um, how was your first day training with the first team? Uh, it was Ajax. It was Ajax. I yeah. signed at Ajax. Uh, I stayed there for like two years. We had a like under 19 team and we were unbeatable at the time. We played with Andy van der Meijden, uh, Kevin Bobson. We had a lot of talented players. So it was very easy for us to get contracts. Uh, and after that, I joined the first team immediately on the Jan Wouters. We went to America to play a big tournament over there. Uh, against Batistuta, who was playing against Fiorentina. And, yeah, I saw all my legends. I was standing on the pitch uh, against them. So it was very weird uh, to experience that. But yeah, I had to make this switch very fast from coming from the amateurs to going into the professional uh, side of football. Well, sticking on that note, I think that's a very interesting point because a lot of our audience is young, aspiring football uh, football players and athletes. To be fair, um, yeah. what is that? What is the mentality that one needs to take to move up from a youth level to professional level at such a young age? What was it that you believe helped you get to that level and maintain that success? Well, obviously, you have people. You need people beside you that um, are gonna help you and and gonna be uh, disciplined like you. You know, uh, sometimes your friends are, uh, they have a different life. They can go out to the club. I think Boateng said it already uh, a lot of times in interviews. Like they can go out, they can go to the clubs, they can do certain things that you cannot do. So sometimes you have to tell them, no, I have to go home or I have to study or you know, not everybody's that strong. You don't want to disappoint your friends. And and you have to be very disciplined, you know. Your parents have to tell you, like, no, you cannot go. You have to stay. You have to go to bed early because you have a game or practice tomorrow. So your environment is very important. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing. And I think it can be replicated throughout your career. You need to have the right support structure around you and the right influences around you. And especially being a young sportsman at a teenage years where you want to go out, you want to party, or you want to be with your friends. And that sheer discipline is obviously testament to you and the career that you had actually followed. So that, that's that's really and truly inspiring, and I love that. So, having played at Ajax and actually winning the Dutch league with Ajax, how is that? Because um, obviously, this is competing at the highest level and one of the top leagues in Europe. And you were you you were very young at that time when you won the league. How how was that experience and like the, the players that you played with, what kind of mentality does a team have to have to actually win a league, compete? And because it all comes down to week in, week out, grinding out results. How do you actually start the league level with everyone and get to a point where you win, win in the league with very, very good teams against very good players? What is that, that whole process and journey like of actually winning a league? Um, yeah, it's, it's very disciplined. Um, I came back from FC Twente, we just won the, the cup and I decided to bring me back and I thought I was a big shot now because I was on loan and I came back winning the cup with Twente and when I came back to Ajax, they brought uh, more talented players, even more talented than me. So. Uh, they brought in Maxwell, they brought in Slatan Ibrahimovic, they brought in Mido. So where I thought that this is going to be my year, Ajax, every, every year Ajax brings in quality players. So you have to give like uh, more than 100% each season you play at, at a club like Ajax. And I know everybody says that, yeah, I will always give 100% because it's always start with that. 
But the mentality and the mindset of all the players is just like you or maybe even better. Uh, when, when you go to bed, for example, at 10 o'clock, uh, there's another player who will go to bed like 9.30 or 8.30, you know, so you're all motivating each other. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very amazing if you play with quality players around you, the level will go up instantly. No, no, no. so now you, you've taken me on a different approach, but I do want to follow this because obviously <laughs> we, we, we all know the career that Slatan has had, right? And he, when he yeah. has at Ajax, he was very young. I think it was, that's when he started making his name for himself. Yeah. What was it like to play with a young Slatan, and what did you learn from him at such a young age that you believe has allowed him to continue this constant career where he now is in his 40s and he's 40 years old and still competing at the highest level? I think he was... He wasn't the same, uh, but he, you can still see that he has the same hunger and the same mentality, maybe even even better. Um, at that time, he was very confident. And um, yeah, at, at Ajax at that time, we didn't know what we what we were going up against. You know, he came in very cocky, very arrogant. He came from Marlborough and um, I immediately had a click with him in, in the first few weeks. Uh, I even stayed with him for a while and uh, brought him around in Amsterdam because I felt we had a, a real connection, you know, because, yeah, I'm from Amsterdam. You know, Amsterdam is a little bit, uh, can be a little bit rough sometimes. And he was from the streets of Sweden. We had Andy van der Meijden, who was also like a street kid who was very cocky and arrogant in a good way. So with that being said, you can see that he had the quality to become a, a top player. And yeah, he had the perfect coach uh, to help him with that. Like Ronald Koeman was our coach. And yeah, he was a great coach with, with the youngsters. Yeah, I mean, talking about Kuman, I mean, obviously a very successful manager and perhaps he had a, a hard time now at Barcelona, going back to Barcelona to coach the team. And I think there's more issues than meets the eye and maybe he didn't have everything going for him. What was it like to work under a manager because he was still also somewhat early in his career as a manager, coaching a young Ajax team? What was one thing that stuck with you from a coach of that stature? Um, I didn't have so much conversations with him because, yeah, I wasn't really in the starting 11 at the time. I had Mido and Maxwell as, uh, as competitors, so uh, I hadn't that many conversations with him. But I know that he said one thing to me. He said, like, um, never give up, uh, even if you're not playing, you know, don't give in, the, don't throw in the towel. Um, try to be yourself, the same player as you were at the FC Twente on your loan and uh, your chances will come. You're still young. Be patient. And uh, yeah, there was some good advice. Uh, unfortunately for me, I wasn't that patient because I wanted to go on loan uh, because I wanted to play. I didn't want to sit on the bench. I could easily sit on the bench and get, get like money every week, but it wasn't for me. I wanted to play every week. Uh, I wasn't happy with the situation. So um but uh, like I said, Ronald Koeman was a, was a good coach for the youngsters. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, his, his career and his path that he's taken has been somewhat unique in his own right. And now, obviously, being a professional football player, and um, I know a lot of football players, or well, any athlete, to be honest, have a pre-game ritual which they follow, whether it's listening to a certain song or eating a certain meal or getting into the zone some way, shape or form. What was the ritual, the pregame ritual that you would follow to get prepared for a game? 
I used to listen to music like like I used to listen to Tupac, to Biggie, uh, to get me hyped on the game, and 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 yeah, I, I used to go to the to the gym because normally in the in the locker room you have a, a little gym for the players. And I was in the gym with my headset, doing some stretching and and, and talking to some players uh, who were in the same in the in the starting eleven. You know, you have, uh, for example, I was the left back and the left winger or the right winger, where I had a good connection with. We were together in the gym, stretching and talking about how we're gonna do things and uh, talking about the, the game plan. That, that's something interesting, and I'd love to actually touch on that. And I think it's something that's often overlooked is the chemistry between partners on the pitch, whether it's the centre-back and the left-back or the two centre mm-hmm. midfielders or, the, in your case, the left-back and the left midfielder. And I, I think because of the way the game has evolved, this is often overlooked and perhaps swept under the carpet where players aren't given enough time to build this chemistry. Mm-hmm. How important is that chemistry, you believe, to actually getting the most out of each other? Uh, I think it's very important. Also, uh, when I started to be a coach, uh, I used to pay attention to those kind of things, and especially at youth team. So um, sometimes we were the guys were doing like a warm up, for example, and then we came inside, ready to go outside, or before the game they were talking and dancing. You know, they were happy and stuff like that. So I turn up the music, and then I ask them like, okay. Uh, for example, the left winger, I asked the left winger, what did you spoke about with your, with your partner in crime on the left side? Uh, and they didn't even speak about how did they want the balls? What are we going to do when, when I make a move like this? Go inside. When I go inside, will you do the overlap run? They didn't speak about that. They were speaking about movies. They were speaking about uh, different things instead of uh, building up the chemistry. So that was something as a coach I used to, used to talk about with the youth players, you know? And it's it's very overlooked. So that this, I think this is a good point to actually transition the conversation into being a coach, being an academy coach. And obviously your career was in the, the late 90s, early 2000s going on from there. And I think it's often spoke about in the media and in the public eye of maybe the modern day player being too entitled or feeling like they, they deserve the world and actually not playing for the badge. And it's 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 a common conversation looking even at the state at which Manchester United is currently now where the players are being questioned do they actually have the mentality do they have the commitment having coached at, uh, at academy level what are some of the the learnings or training lessons you try and instill in the youth to ensure that they can actually set themselves up for success as a professional football player um to come back at your first question about um, wearing the badge and stuff like that, yeah. I think that they, they, they are committed, only the, the time is changing as well. Uh, players are being used like, like uh, how do you say that in a nice way? They're getting solved. They're like brothers. It's almost like a pawn in a chess game, right? Yeah, so how can they be loyal to the badge if the club says to them, like, after two years, hey, we're going to sell you because we need the money or uh, we're going to do a swap deal? Or So players are getting uh, very, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how you say that, but they're looking for themselves now because they know that uh, the, the chance to play for, like, 10 years for one club, it's not there anymore. If a club doesn't want you anymore, they will sell you like, like this. So... Um, it, it goes both ways for me. Okay. You see, and th- this is often 
also overlooked in the media, right? People obviously yeah. are quick to criticize the the players as well as it's it's quite apparent in the media that a lot of people believe. And I think what what's what's causing this or what's contributing to that is the the monetary aspect in which these players are getting paid now, how much mm-hmm. these players are actually earning. And, and people believe if they're getting paid so so much money, they actually have no room to speak their mind or or have any excuse, which is it's nice to see your end of the end of the of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. then obviously the, the second question I had for you is like what kind of learnings do you try and instill into your players? Well, I try them to enjoy uh, as much as they can. I try to give them an example uh, for like the COVID situation. Uh, I remember when they told us we can't play anymore for months and they have to stay at home so they couldn't play. Uh, I had it myself. Uh, I was injured in 2013. I had a TIA, a blood clot in my head. And yeah, I couldn't find the club. So my career was over. So I tell them like every moment you step on that pitch, uh, play like it's your last time because you never know if you get injured or there, there might happen something that you can't play anymore. For example, the COVID situation. So I remember when when I was a coach and we had the COVID situation and I talked to my players because we were at home and they were doing things for themselves and they were like, coach, man, if we're going to play again, I'm going to play every game like a final. I really don't like the situation. And then we start playing football again. And in the first week, they were not going, they were hungry. And after two weeks, three weeks, it started going down again. You know, so... Yeah, uh, it's it's for a football player. You have to keep, you have to be motivated. You have to keep on pushing, like it's your last training day or your, your last game. Every every game, every training is a final. And I know it's cliche, but it really is because one big injury and it could be over for you. Yeah, and I mean, and I, uh, first of all, I mean, I think that's that, that's a perfect answer, and I think the audience listening will take a lot of inspiration out of that because it is true. Uh, being a football player a lot of the times your career is out of your control. And yeah. like you were saying, when you, you came to Ajax, you had, were competing with players that potentially maybe had, were performing at a higher level than you. So you have to sit on the, on, on the bench and you have to make that decision. Do I stay mm-hmm. or do I go? And injuries is another thing. And there was a question that I was going to ask you. Um, having experienced that injury or that, 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 that medical issue that you did, how did you actually get over something like that? Because this is something that, a football player or any athlete will experience at least once in their career. Well, I had a I had a couple of setbacks uh, in my career, but I think I have it from my mother. I'm always positive, so my mother always taught me uh, when I was small, like uh, it could always be worse. You know, there are always people around the world that have it worse. So try to see something positive out of it and try to stay positive in that kind of situation. Uh, and I always do in every situation that that I'm down or, or, or in, a, in a bad situation. I'm trying to think about what my mom told me and taught me and try to see the positive out of it and just let God take uh, control of it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I love that. So, I mean, positivity is key and it almost forms into laws of attraction. What you what you think about, you attract towards yourself. So yeah. I love that. And I, I want to get into now the the scouting part of where you are in your career now. I know I don't know how involved you are in the scouting network now. Can you just take us through why you actually get getting into scouting and how it currently is? Well, um, after my career, I, I started to do some coaching and I uh, did the course. Uh, I even wanted to get my pro license to become a head coach. 
but then I saw, and I was thinking, and I was talking to family, like there are not a lot of black coaches in Europe, not in the Premier League, not in the Spanish League, not in the Italian League. Uh, so uh, what will it take for me and how long will it take for me to finally get the chance to become a head coach? And, and then and, and at that moment, a lot of youth players start calling me uh, who I was coaching and asking me for advice and what shall I do? I'm going to sign a contract right now. I don't know what to do. I don't have an agent. Do you know a good agent for me? Uh, so I was thinking about it. I spoke with my family and they said like, listen, all these kids trust you with their life. Even their parents are calling you. So why don't you uh, study for being a, a professional manager, a football agent? So I started, uh, I, I got my papers uh, and now I'm an agent. So I'm working together with the trade group. I'm working together with Kevin Brown's former players that I played with. Um, yeah, we try to help uh, young players, old players. We're, we're trying to help players get into clubs, uh, help them with contracts, give them advice. And that's that's the, the thing I'm in now. I love that. And I can see you passionate about it. And yeah. I, I think uh, that, 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 is, that is, it's interesting that you had to make that decision on with regards to going into professional management or going this route, which you have done now. And it seems like you are complete and perfect fit for that. And obviously I read about that you, uh, you are involved in scouting and by being a scout, the, the question I have, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know is like, what kind of, traits or characteristics do you look for in in, in in an individual when you go to a game to scout for a player? Are you going there with an intention to find a certain kind of player or is it just going to the game and you actually are pleasantly surprised by the individual that you find? Yeah, that's basically the thing I do. Like Usually I will go to look at the players that I already have. Uh, I'm going to see matches. I love football matches. So basically I'm going to see a lot of my, the games of my players. And yeah, then you'll notice some players that are different than other players. You see it instantly. And yeah, with that being said, uh, I don't know if it's, if, if it's a gift, but <laughs> it's working uh, at the moment. So I cannot give you all my secrets, but it's, no. uh, it's, it's amazing. It's going amazing at the moment. And yeah, I'm just enjoying watching football. And uh, the moments that I enjoy football, there's always one kid or two that, that are special. Okay. And I mean, that, that's great. So if there's anyone in the, in the audience that's listening to us watching now, you know who to get hold of if you want to catapult your football career in Europe specifically. <laughs> and um, so now... Where you are at in your career, and I kind of have an idea of where you want to see yourself. If I had to ask you in the next five to 10 years, where do you want to be in your career professionally, obviously involved in football? What, what is like the ultimate ambition or like what do you really want to achieve in the next five to 10 years? Well, I would really like to help uh, more guys, more youngsters, um, making sure that they won't make the same, same mistake as other football players did. Um, but I would really like to work with some big agents in the game and learn from them, you know, because they have a lot of history. They got a lot of back package uh, in their backpack, so they can teach me a lot of stuff. And I'm very, very hungry to learn and very eager to learn. So I hope that I would uh, have some deals with some big agents in the future. Uh, no, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I mean, keep keep the drive, keep the passion. It can only it can only be good for you. And I just want to go back to a bit about your playing career. And 
obviously having played for Ajax and various other teams, I'm sure you came up against some strong opposition. But who was the opponent, either the player or the team, which when you came up against them, you almost dreaded that? You were, you were scared or skeptical about it? I mean, there's some tough opponents I'm sure you came up against. Was there ever a player or a team where before a game you got really nervous or you were somewhat scared? Um, well, um, when I was uh, 19 or something, I think I was 19 or 20, and I had to go with the under-21 of Holland. And we played against Spain. We lost that match. And there was one midfielder. He's the coach of Barcelona right now. And he was really killing us. He was really killing us. You can see at that moment already that he was amazing. Um, I played with the national team of Holland against France. As a youngster, Cherry Henry was playing at that time. I think Trezeguet was playing. We lost 3-0. And during the game, I had... Uh, my roommate was Ellery Cairo. He was a player from uh, Twente and Feyenoord. And we went to the city and we lost the game. And during the match, he had some troubles with uh, Cherry Henry and some other players. Uh, and we went to the city in Paris. We were walking down, down the streets and they came. So we meet them face to face. Okay, you did. He came up to him and he says, what do you want to do now? He had a big mouth during the game. So what are you going to do now? And he was speaking French like, quah, quah. And, you know, we start pushing. And me as a youngster, I was there like, what is going on? Man? Why and this is, with, this is with Thierry Henry. Yeah, and it was Thierry Henry. I don't even know if you remember that story. I wonder if you remember. Hopefully one day I will get to interview him. Yeah, and I will ask him that. Yeah, so it was really exciting for me as a youngster to see how passionate these guys were and how committed they were, you know. And yeah, that was something I won't remember for my life. That, that's a fascinating story. I absolutely love that. And I mean, that's just making memories in the best way. Uh, and uh, before before we end off, I do have one or two more questions, Michelle. So the, the question I like to ask some of my guests is if you had the opportunity to either play football or just go to dinner with any three people. It can be a football player, it can be an entertainer, it can be a celebrity. Which three people would you like to go to a dinner with or play a five-a-side game with? How, who would that be? Um, so all the three questions in one. Well, which three people would you like to go to dinner for? Then the next question I'll ask you is, who would you put in your five-a-side team? Let's actually go that route. So three people would you like to go to dinner with? And five people yeah. you would have in your five-a-side team? Three people I would love to go to dinner with. Well, Dead or alive, hey? They can be dead or they can be alive. Ah, okay. I would love to go to dinner with Johan Cruyff. Okay, that's one. I would love to um, uh, speak with uh, and go to dinner with uh, Mino Riola to see... Um, to see how he came this far because I knew him at the time when he was still working in the pizzeria and Slatan and Mido and Maxwell after the game went over there to eat pizza. So I know the whole story from him, how it started and what did he do to get this 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 far, you know? So I'm very curious about that part. And He's an incredibly successful agent. I mean, if yeah, there's someone you knew yeah. based your career on, is someone that yeah. would be me for sure. Can you imagine the guys were, were asking me to come along with, with them to, to eat pizza, but I didn't want to eat pizza. I went home. <laughs> and it, yeah. it turned out to be their agent. <laughs> they, that's one thing I, I love my life by. If you have an opportunity and you don't feel like showing up, the, the thing that I've been taught, just show up. You'll, you'll actually be surprised and pleas pleasantly surprised what can actually amount from, from that, that, that situation. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. And the last person you would love to... So you, now you've got Johan Cruyff, you've got Mina Raiola. Who else are you bringing to the table for a pizza in Italy? I think it's Pep Guardiola. Because he's, okay, so well, why Pep? he's so passionate about the game. Um, you can definitely learn from him. It could be a lot of people like Jurgen Klopp. It could be like celebrities, JC, uh, Tupac, B.I.G. But mm. to stay in perspective of football, I think, yeah, Pep Guardiola is someone you would love to talk about. Even now, when when he, when he sometimes when they finish a game, I think it was last year with the Champions League or two years ago, he was speaking with Zidane on the pitch after the game for hours. You know, they were talking about the game plan, I think. And... It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, they are geniuses. They are football geniuses, of course. I mean, Pep, Pep needs no introduction, nor does Johan Cruyff. And um, the, the last thing I want to ask is, if you had a five-a-side team, who would you put in that team? Oof. Uh, so, shall I put players that I played with? or can Whoever. It, be it can be anyone. You can even put yourself. <laughs> no, I would be the coach, I think. I You'd think be the coach. Be... Perfect. I love that answer. Well, I would definitely put uh, Messi and Ronaldo. Okay. Because those guys are out of this world. Um, I have to think about the rest. There are so many good players that I play with. I don't want to break their hearts. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that's fair. And I mean, I think we can leave it at that. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo regardless of which which end of the spectrum you're on, we all know that they probably are the best players of our, at least of our time. Yeah. And, and having said that, we've come to the end. So first of all, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I really appreciate your time. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I enjoyed it, really, yeah. Thank you for your time and thank you for inviting me. No, fantastic. And again, in the future, I would love to have you back on to see where you are and how you progress in your career. And yeah. hopefully next time we speak, you got some major, uh, the, the new Erling Haaland or whatever uh, player um, working underneath you. I really look forward to that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, all right. And to our audience, thank you very much. Uh, please like, share, and um, join our Instagram as well as our YouTube channels. And in the future, we'll be bringing on more athletes just like we brought to Michelle PK. So again, thank you so much. And I'll see you soon. for listening to the sports find a podcast subscribe to our show for the latest episodes on spotify and apple podcasts and for more information check out our website at sportsfinda.com